0: Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. We're so glad you have joined us for this audio sermon. You can find a full archive of sermons on our website, holycommunion.net. The sermon today is from the brand new Bishop of Missouri, the Right Reverend Dion K. Johnson. And villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. In the name of the one holy and living God. Amen. Well, I have to begin by saying a word of thanks to your clergy for having me with you this morning. And I also have to say that I am still having that new bishop smell and feel. So it's good to be with you this morning, Holy Communion. I want to begin by telling you a story. On November 24th, 1916, a baby girl was born to parents William and Maude Muse in Danville, Virginia. By all accounts, this child born to two African American parents should have lived a life of obscurity. By all accounts, she should have been disregarded as simply another face in the crowd. That was not the fate that God had in store for Frankie Muse Freeman. Frankie, growing up, had always heard people saying to her, they're fixin' to do something. And her parents did not care for fixing to do anything. Instead, they encouraged Frankie and her siblings to not fix anything, but just do it. I think she was perhaps the precursor to Yoda and Nike by saying, just do it. But Frankie carried that very powerful message with her throughout her life, and she studied law at a time when women and people of color were generally not invited to learn or to go to higher education. In March 1964, she was appointed by President Lyndon Johnson as a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. And on September 15, 1964, the Senate approved Freeman's nomination, and she was officially appointed as the first black woman on the Civil Rights Commission. Correction, actually. She was the only woman on the Civil Rights Commission. She was subsequently reappointed by Presidents Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, and Jimmy Carter, She held that position until 1979. Frankie Muse spoke truth to power at a time when power was in the business of crushing truth. Frankie stood up and spoke out when speaking up and standing out was often met with violence and even death. In 1982, she returned here to St. Louis with her husband to practice law. She joined 15 other former federal officials who formed the Bipartisan Citizens Commission on Civil Rights, a group here in St. Louis committed to ending racial discrimination and devising remedies that would counteract its harmful effect on society and in communities across the state. One of the most endearing stories about Frankie is that at one point she was driving on a bus On the way to High Tie, Missouri. And as she got out of the bus, she stopped to have something to eat. And there was a sign that said, Coloreds in this section only. And she refused to sit in that section. And so when the owner of the restaurant came out and told us she had to sit there or leave, she left. But that was not the end of the story. You see, she got back on the bus, and she went to her conference, and later she organized to have people boycott that restaurant, and she wrote letters to change the discrimination law in the state so that that restaurant and restaurants across this state no longer could have for colored sections. At the age of 90, she was still practicing law here in St. Louis and teaching Sunday school at her church. On January 12, 2016, Frankie Muse Freeman died at the age of 101, having lived a remarkable life where she championed the causes of justice and fought the menace of discrimination with every fiber of her being. So what does the story of Frankie Muse Freeman have to do with our gospel? Well, I am glad you asked. In our gospel for today, we find Jesus wandering around the Holy Land, proclaiming the good news, preaching and teaching, curing and restoring God's people. He had called the disciples to join him in this itinerant ministry. The leaders who found him who were fond of peddling fear and reveled in violence as a means of control, was something that Jesus and his disciples were very much familiar with. Jesus called on the language of the prophets and indicting the leaders of the time and calling them bad shepherds of Israel. Jesus called them out for their indifference to the people of God. You can almost hear the people of God crying out for justice and righteousness from those who lead them. It is into this world that Jesus calls the disciples that are not the experts in community organizing or exceptional leaders in mass movements. Instead, Jesus called ordinary people down to earth. People who knew what being considered small and helpless and harassed felt like. He chose everyday people, fisher folks and tax collectors, thieves and zealots. The ones often ignored and infamous to be his followers and to to do the work of transforming the world through the good news of God. In short... He called people who were either courageously crazy enough to think that they could make a difference in this world and foolish enough to believe that they actually and truly could. And I think that that is at the heart of our gospel. It wasn't the most qualified or the most gifted or the most well-organized. It was the ordinary Over the past few weeks, we have seen ordinary people in this country stand up and speak out. We have seen across this nation in small middle-of-nowhere towns and sprawling metropolises take to the streets in the middle of a pandemic to demand an end to discrimination, racism, and inequality on all levels. Across this nation, people of every stripe, age, gender, orientation, expression, ethnicity, socioeconomic background, the spectrum have all taken a knee and collectively declared that I can't breathe. They have declared that inequality and inequity can no longer be the currency of this land. I have been heartened by the many ways in which ordinary Episcopalians have stepped up across this diocese. I was honored a few weeks ago to march with your rector Mike and your associate priest Laurie and some of the other clergy of this diocese to remind ourselves and the church that the cause of justice needs ordinary people doing extraordinary things with the gifts that God has given us. You, the people of the Church of the Holy Communion, and you, the Diocese of Missouri, you have in many ways shown me that the Episcopal Church is very much alive and well, even if our buildings are closed and empty. You have shown me in countless ways that we as a diocese are willing and able and energized for the work of justice and reconciliation and truth that lies ahead of us as we tell the whole story. You have shown me in many ways that there is, a, there is very little frozen about this chosen band of followers of Jesus. So the question that I pose to you And to all our sisters and brothers across this diocese is this. Are we harassed and helpless or are we prepared and eager? I would make the case that we are prepared and eager for what lies ahead of us as the church as we seek to follow this Jesus, this good shepherd of our souls, Like Frankie Muse Freeman, like the unqualified and unprepared disciples, we are called in our ordinariness to transform this world. Not fixing to transform it. Not waiting to transform it. Not looking for someone else to transform it. But just doing the work of transformation. Because Jesus promises us that the harvest is plentiful when we go out into the harvest and do the work to which we are called. The harvest that we are called to go out into is the harvest of justice, of equality, and of hope. You see, you and I, my sisters and brothers, my siblings in Christ, are the harvesters sent out in our ordinariness to gather the scattered, the lost, the left out, the left behind, and the left for dead. We may feel like we are in our smallness and our small vineyards cannot change the world. But here is the good news. We don't have to. That is not our job. As I saw driving here this morning on one of the many places of construction, stay in your lane. Jesus is in the business of transformation when we step out as harvesters into the fields. The Lord of the harvest and the shepherd of the sheep will respond to us just where we are and the small and insignificant things that we often seem to do to transform our world. The giving of a cup of water, the cheering of those protesting, the making of signs and masks, and all of these small and ordinary things, we bring in God's harvest. And so I encourage you to join with Jane Boswick as we together say, Come labor on, who dares stand idle on the harvest plain, while all around us waves of golden grain. And to each servant does the master say, Go, go work today. May God bless you, may God keep you, and may we continue to be the harvesters because, the, because we know the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are you. Amen.